So good evening everyone. Good evening everyone on Zoom. Uh, I want to read you a poem and uh, I became acquainted through it through um, a friend and colleague of mine, um, Belinda Kong, who um, wrote an article on Buddhism and mindfulness and asked me to review it for her. And she, uh, as a way of trying to convey what she was trying to uh, uh, express, she's uh, come across this poem by uh, Rumi, um, a 13th century Sufi poet that you probably are familiar with. And it's called Two Kinds of Intelligence, and I'll read it to you. It's got a very uh, contemporary um, feeling to it. And um, I'm also, I like it so much, I'm actually considering putting it in as a reading. Uh, so I'm interested in your, whether it really resonates with you as well, and you can give me some feedback on that or not. It's called Two Kinds of Intelligence. There are two kinds of intelligence. One acquired, as a child in school, memorises facts and concepts from books and from what the teacher says, collecting information from the traditional sciences as well as from the new sciences. With such intelligence, you rise in the world. You get ranked, you get ranked ahead or behind others in regard to your competence in retaining information. You stroll with this intelligence in and out of fields of knowledge, getting always more marks on your preserving tablets. There is another kind of tablet, the one, there is another kind of tablet, one already completed and preserved inside you, a spring overflowing its spring box, a freshness in the centre of the chest. This other intelligence does not turn yellow or stagnate, it's fluid and it doesn't move from outside to inside through the conduits of plumbing learning. This second knowing is a fountainhead from within you moving out. Great poem. Uh -huh. And it's so contemporary, isn't it? And we all have probably got, probably most people here have got university degrees, do you know, and we've accumulated knowledge, do you know, and conceptual understanding and information and memorised it and certain skills. And that's for a very fine for getting a job and getting, getting by in the world. But as you'll be aware, that's not the kind of intelligence that we're cultivating through Zen practice. Now in, in traditional Buddhist terms, you would call that kind of intelligence prajna, right? wisdom. Um, the wisdom that comes out of the, a, a glimpse into the emptiness of all things and the transience of all things that are right, that kind of wisdom. And, uh, but a simple way of putting it is the type of intelligence that Rumi is referring to is simply kind of intuitive intelligence. And uh, that, is at the, that is exactly at the core of what we're, we're cultivating here. And it's interesting to look at the, the words he uses and the language. You know, the first kind of intelligence he's describing, it's like an, an accumulation of things, you know, and you get marks. You get marked honours, first class honours, pass, fail, etc., etc., etc. But wisdom knowledge, in a sense, you can't really measure. And as soon as you measure it, it's, that's not it. 
And he says, it's already completed and preserved inside of you. Now, we might use the word Buddha nature or true nature, but then words can be very deceiving because you use the word Buddha nature or true nature or whatever, and then people can start to think it's a thing inside of you, mm -hmm. like a soul or something or some essence inside of you, and then you'll find it and that'll be the fountain of wisdom. It's not like that. That's not, that's not the experience of emptiness. The best way I can try and explain it from my own experience, but also from looking at reading, you know, from a scholastic point of view, that the words that come to my mind is the kind of intelligence that we're tapping into through Zen practice is what I would call organic intelligence. And I would describe Buddha nature as organic intelligence. It's not a thing. And it doesn't exist inside you, it exists everywhere. It exists in our bodies, our brains, it, it exists in trees, in animals. Right? Um, any kind of sentient being, there's, there's an intelligence in them that helps them to grow and to flourish. Uh -huh. And uh, it has no bounds. Right? And <clears throat> as I've mentioned in other talks before, we highly value our IQ, which is about our cognitive intelligence, about how well we use language, mathematics primarily, those two things, mechanical understanding, etc. Um, and we highly value, value those things and they're highly rewarded in our culture. Um, but there's, psychologists are becoming aware there's, there's multiple different ways in which intelligence manifests itself. What's coming more to the fore in psychology and in psychotherapy is we've now recognised EQ, emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And before that was just not looked at until about 20 years ago. Um, but now intelligence has been widened to that, it's been widened to interpersonal intelligence, you know, which is about empathy and self-awareness and resilience, you know, and a, an appropriateness to each situation, how you respond. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but Prajna is not just that either. Um, it can manifest through emotional intelligence, but, but, but uh, uh, wisdom is not something, it is organic. And like it says in his poem, um, it's, already completed and preserved inside of you. It's not something that you've got to develop, it's just something you've got to be in touch with. Stop relying on the pumpkin up here all the time to work things out. Uh -huh. And listen, listen here. In the centre of the chest. And he also says it's fluid. Right? It's transient. It's not something which is fixed. It's fluid. And it doesn't move from the outside in. It moves from the inside out. Mm -hmm. There is a saying in one of our Zen koans, there's a story attached to it, but I won't tell you the whole story. But one, one Zen priest saying to one of his friends, trying to wake him up, um, who was stuck, 
Um, he said, don't you know, don't you realise that what, what comes in through the front door is not the family treasure? And it was with those words that his friend woke up. In other words, knowledge is like it comes in through the front door, but the family treasure has always been there. Mm -hmm. No one can remember when it actually arrived, it's always been there. And in fact, the family treasure may not be the gold under the floorboards. The family treasure may be the sense of family community in front of the fire and everyone's just there together. Maybe that's the family treasure, mm -hmm. something that you can't measure. And it comes from within you and it moves outwards. Um, but when you think of organic intelligence as being something that pervades everywhere, it's kind of, there's not, there's not even an inside and an outside. It's like it's all of one piece. You know, it doesn't break down even into inside and outside. But the way that intuitive intelligence you know, arises. It's fundamentally through um, our connection to, to the body, which is our organic nature, you know. And we emphasize a lot in Zen um, and in Buddhism too with the foundations of mindfulness. Keep coming back to being embodied. You know, all of those readings in there about the disembodied self, you know, and the importance of returning to the body. It's through being grounded in the body, it's through the, the felt sense of living our life through the body and through the senses that this intuitive wisdom just naturally arises and expresses itself. Mm -hmm. And um, it's such, a, it's such a, a priceless thing to have in our life. And it guides you, it guides you through each unique situation that arises in your life because the way cognitive intelligence works even emotional intelligence to some degree is it's based on principles and formulas you know when this happens you do this you know when that happens you do that but intuitive wisdom is not based on any principle really it just it just arises in the moment and it's kind of like it's almost like without thinking you know the appropriate thing to do. It doesn't require a lot of thinking for it to come forth. And if you wake up from the self-centred dream and you realise that your whole self, the whole world is yourself, right, um, then it's, you, you, your responses come from a, a less um, self-attached point of view. So there's the wider view you know, in terms of what is, what is good for everyone in a situation that needs some intervention or some appropriate response. So it's clearer. So anyway, there's two kinds of intelligences. 